I've only listened oh, really? to Lonesome Cry to West, Moon in Antarctica, Moon in Antarctica. Every time we every time we say it, it sounds drunk, huh? Like, I Moon know, in Antarctica. Like <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different uh, artist, different band, and we uh, we break down one of their records, we get to find out all the secrets about it, and we let you guys know, you know all the secrets. Uh, dude, this is a terrible intro already. I missed the mark. It's all terrible. But yep. um, my, name, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Go to uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, give us five stars. Give us a, a nice, nice glowing review on there, please. Uh, social media, you know, we have it all. It's at Asinine Radio. Get into that. We have a phone number. If you want to call or text us, the phone number is 503-893-5307. And we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link. And uh, chat with us. I don't know. So, you know what, Jeff? What <laughs> what, what album are we doing today? What are we doing We're- we're doing Modest Mouse and their album The Moon and Antarctica. Modest Mouse, formed in 1992 in Issaquah, Washington, by Isaac Brock on vocals and guitar, Eric Judy on bass, and Jeremiah Green on drums. They currently have seven full-length records, six EPs, one live album, 
two compilations and have sold over two million copies worldwide. But that one we're doing today is called The Moon and Antarctica. Fuck that one up. Uh, it's the band's third record. It was released June 13th, 2000. It features the original lineup of Isaac Brock, uh, Eric Judy, and Jeremiah Green on drums. Uh, while not, not being their best-selling record, it still sold close to a million copies worldwide. Now, Jeff, what is your origin story with the Modest Mouses? Did you did you say go or no? You go, didn't say go. Hey, go. But like you you did not say go. I right? did not say go. No. Okay. So we're, we're are we breaking format or? So you're gonna play this game every time? I mean, I I don't know. It's just we do the same thing every single time. It's not it's not difficult to, to just like repetition is key. Some, you know what I mean? Sometimes we learn I forget. By rote. It's fine. Sometimes I forget. And I mean, it you should be second nature. Do you ever do you ever forget to breathe? Like, do you just you just pass out sometimes because you forget I have. to breathe? I have. I have. Fuck. <laughs> You're so funny. I forgot to laugh. That's yes. 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 <laughs> remember, remember, as a kid, that was a legitimate insult you gave to somebody. Yeah, it was devastating. Oh, it's, but it's so terrible. It's so. Funny oh, it's a I terrible job. Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> My I first heard Modest Mouse was or the first song I heard by Modest Mouse was uh, oh. I think it was Float On. Float On was the first song that I heard by Modest Mouse. A lot of people at camp used to like Modest Mouse a lot, and they played Modest Mouse songs. I don't know anything about what they played. I don't remember what they played because it just it was too weird. It was too weird for me. They wouldn't try and sing it like Isaac does, but they would try and harm the way Isaac mm. would harm. Like one would do high, one would do low. A lot of the talking underneath like the high-pitched singing type of thing would happen a lot. Yeah. And I remember that, but the first time I heard Modest Mouse was Float On. And I wasn't that impressed. I was like, okay, that's kind of a cool song. That's a little that's a little unique. But um but then I honestly listened to the song The View. The View is is my favorite Modest Mouse song. It's from the same album. Good good news for people that like bad news. And I just thought like, dude, this is fucking rad. This is so cool. This is such a a cool bass line. This is such a quirky song. This is so different than Float On. I really like this. But I never went back. I, did, I went mm. forward, and their next album that was released in 2007, I thought was like really shit. I just, I just didn't like it. Even still to this day, I, I don't like it. And it wasn't until like many years later that I went back and listened to The Moon and Antarctica. There you because go. It was a it was a recommendation from somebody from camp. They're like, yeah, dude, you should really listen to that one. It's really fucking good. And this was probably like 2010 ish. Maybe eh, give or take, yeah, 2010 ish, and and I just thought like, holy fuck, this is this is absolutely amazing, this is so much better than I thought it was going to be, and it devalued good news for people who like bad news. It really did. Like it made me not like that album as much because this was so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. So you know, fast forward all these all these years, and throughout the years, I've I've listened to Modest Mouse albums here and there. But I've never gone back and listened to their first album until this week. I've only listened oh, really? to Lonesome sure. Crowd of West, Moon in Antarctica, Moon in Antarctica. Every time we, every time we say it, it's some drunk, huh? Like, I Moon in Antarctica. Like <laughs> <laughs> and then their fifth album, When We Were Dead Before the Ship Sang, with Dashboard on it. And then really, I like that's that's it. I've never listened to their first album until this week. And I was, That's weird. Dude, I was yeah. fucking pleasantly surprised, and I, I God, I loved it so much. And this week has been really fun, for the most part. Yeah, their la- mm-hmm. their later albums, I I did not care for like at all. But, 
But God, dude, I had, I, had a, I had a blast with this album. And I have it on the vinyls. And you got it from that fucking dude over in Glendale or some shit. And yeah, fucking some far away town. And, and, and oh my, I'm very happy with it. The sound's not like that great. It's not the best pressing I've ever heard. It's, it's 180 yeah. gram, but it's not like the best thing ever. But it's just, it's, I it's already something. think, I already think this is a very intimate record. Mm-hmm. And just having it on the vinyls and be able to like tan, feel something tangible, it makes it more intimate than it already is. And therefore, it's just been, it's been such a great ride. It's been such a great week. What were you going to say? Great ride? Great wreck. <laughs> I was, I was going to say great wreck. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Dude, this moon and anarcha thing has just got me all... You can't even say it. <laughs> got my brain all pooed up. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't remember the 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 version you have on vinyl. It does. It has surface noise, right? So when I first when I first played it, it had skips. It had surface noise. I had all mm. these fucking problems. I was like, God damn it. Like, I damn near messaged you like, fool, you better get my fucking money back. <laughs> but I think it's because the guy that had it never played it. And sometimes with new records, oh, okay. it will skip and it will have things because the grooves have not been like set in stone yet Some in some capacity. Yeah. And yeah. so I played it again and it played perfectly fine. And then, you know, the second time or the third time, the fourth time, the tenth time, it plays absolutely fine. There's a little bit of surface noise, and mm-hmm. I think some of the channels are kind of messed up, so some of the layering doesn't sound as as good as I think Modest Mouse wanted it to sound, because when I listen on Spotify, some of the channels are clear, like left and right channel are clear what they want to do. Like the guitars yeah. in the left and right are equally as, as loud, but on the vinyl, sometimes it'll have one guitar a lot quieter than the other one, which I think they don't want. Probably, I, 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 it just yeah, sounds like I, a I bad, think, a bad pressing yeah. from them, not not because it's scratched or whatever. And and I think I, and just looking at Discogs too, some other people have the similar complaints. So, um, but okay. I mean, dude, fucking, I I love it. It's good. It's good and stuff. the reason I asked too is because a lot of the stuff that was in that lot has surface, has a little bit of surface noise. So that that, that was why I was asking. Otherwise, think, everything else I've gotten from that lot, there hasn't been like any skips or or anything like that or loops. It's just a little bit of surface noise. And I based that off of so I I got two things from you. I got this one and then I got the Lincoln Park Thousand Suns. Yeah, yeah. And that one also has parts of it that have like a little bit of surface noise, but I think it's because whoever owned these just never played them, no, and because they sat in a crate and probably were moved around, and so they rubbed again. Like, if you rub your hands against each other, that friction, Yeah, I think that's the reason why you're getting surface noise. You're getting these super superficial scuffs from the paper against the vinyl, and mm-hmm. that's the surface noise because it's never been played. Like, this record's been played just uh, maybe two times. But there's nothing fucking wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. Because like, there's a lot of ring wear, and that comes from, like, friction. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I'm happy with just it. thought I'm I would ask. Just thought I would ask. Yeah. So, so that's my. Uh, I don't know. That's my. That's my intro. Your yes. origin story. Okay. My origin story. All right. My origin story is similar to yours. Uh, the first thing I ever heard was "Float On" uh, on MTV. Uh, I didn't like it then, and I do remember a lot of uh, back in the day, and the ending credits for like any normal TV show would always have like a music video playing over the credits, and for like months it was the "Float On" video playing as the the ending credits for whatever show i was watching and 
dude, I was, I just did not care for it. K Rock played it a lot. I just, I don't, I didn't like it. I still don't like it. The album didn't impress me when I listened to it this week on my listen through. Um, and honestly, the only reason why we're doing Modest Mouse right now is because a couple weeks ago on Spotify, you know, they have that feature, the Discover Weekly thing, where it shows, it just gives you a bunch of songs that they think you'll like. A Modest Mouse song ended up being on it called Shit Luck off their second record. And I thought it was fucking really great. And that kind of spurred the conversation on should we do Modest Mouse next? And that's why we're here. So that second record is really, really fucking good. It's It doesn't sound a lot like this record, but this record's still really good. It has some good stuff on it. Some whatever stuff, but it has some really good stuff too. So okay. that's my origin story. A little bit of initial thoughts on this one. Uh, so let's uh, let's jump into stinkers. Do we have any stinkers on this one? No, I have okay, no stinkers. I, I have one stinker. Ooh, what do you got? Wild packs of family dogs. Wow, I did not like this song at all. I didn't like is, it at all. <laughs> okay, well, before we get into that, I will tell you my stinkers because that's my four B. Okay, I don't have any stinkers. No, I I have one song that I think could be an okay song, but I, I it's like borderline. Mm-hmm. And that's I came as a rat. That's the only song on this album that I thought I would even consider naming as an okay song. Okay, I can I can understand that. I can understand is that. that. Is, is that a banger for you? No, it's not a banger. No. Okay, then no, we ain't no, gotta no. talk about it then. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, we, gonna we don't have I'm to. gonna I'm gonna highlight it in red. Okay. <laughs> not delete. Not Good. Delete. Look at that. You're learning. You're finally evolving. For now. I mean, I'll, I'll delete it after the um, we're done here. But not why? What is the point of deleting it? I don't get it. Why do I need to have so like just create a new doc every single time we do this? That's what I do every week. Doesn't like I don't know. Doesn't your Google Docs get full? No, I think so I'm still an at like infinite amount of Google. Google I think Docs. I'm so still at like hundred in there. Less than two percent filled. Yeah, I I make new notes every single week. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> starting starting now, I will not. I've been, I've literally been doing this since we started the new format two years ago. That's that's dude, that's nuts to me. That's truly nuts to me. <laughs> I do, but okay, and all right. I will. I'm gonna highlight them in red, regardless. And then, but I will not delete it. Starting then, now. how do you keep? How where do you keep your rankings at? A separate doc. This is one doc that's all my rankings. Oh, okay. No, I don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one one convenient doc that has all of my rankings is stupid. Yes, you're right. Let's get in the wild pack uh, of wild uh, pack of family uh, dogs. dogs. Family dogs. Yeah, this is this is my only stinker. Uh, I don't like the country folky twangy sound. Uh, it's I actually find it very annoying, and um, I don't think it's a, it's a very exciting song. I don't like his voice. It's very it's too country sounding, which I already have a lot of problems with. On top of his voice already, like I I just I don't I I understand they were trying to do something different here. I just don't think it. To me, it didn't sound that good. So what so, do you think of this one? <laughs> overall, I think I think this album brings forth just if anything else, just contrast. This album just kills it at contrast. There's a lot of of different tones, a lot of different ideas being thrown out there. And Wild Pack of Family Dogs is arguably like the biggest contrast on the album. Oh yeah. It's it is my fourth B, my four B. And yeah, it is extremely folky. It's an easy acoustic guitar and it's an easy melody. It's short. But it has like the coolest fucking story. And it's super stripped down because it wants you to focus on like the story. Mm-hmm. Because 
dude, like this guy writes songs that are pretty goddamn good. Like he writes songs that are so fucking ambiguous, but at the same time, like everybody can agree that it probably means this, but everyone else can have their own interpretation. And that's, that's insane. And he's notorious when asked like, what's this song about? And he'll say one thing and then say another thing and be like, I don't remember. But you know, he's just being a facetious little shit. It's so annoying. Oh, it's so so good, though. That's what makes a fucking great songwriter is just somebody that wrote something at the time because he felt a some way, but then realizes that that song that was so subjective to him then is still subjective to him now and is subjective to you and me. So that's like lyrically, this entire album was just a mess to get through, but it was, I had so much fun getting through it. And yeah, that's why I did my my, my, hard, my Tom DeLonge thing because I, dude, I it took me a while to get through this, but I had a great time. This is one of the, my favorites that we've done. Really, lyrically yeah. or just overall? I think no, both. I I think this album is fucking absolutely fantastic. I think, I, I, dude, as far as like any rock goes, there's nothing better than this. As far as like like making everything work for you. As mm-hmm. far as lyrics, making the lyrics contrast with the music, and then making the music contrast with itself. Not just the layering of the guitars, but the, the way the guitar plays with the bass, the way the bass plays with the drums, the way the drums interact with the guitar. Everything is kind of doing their own thing, but it's always kind of at arm's reach of each other. But it all fits. It's just, it's incredibly well crafted. And it's interesting to know that this is their, their, their major label debut. Yeah, this is like, epic. This is like them, you know, stop stopping and, and, and scrimping for pennies to, to record an album. Now they have a bunch of money and they they write an album that like would make major labels cringe because this is not what they want. This is not what a major label would want when you sign an act. Yeah, this is yeah. this is extremely complex. And it's even like I listen to this album like fucking ten times this week. It's just it's unreal. It is truly unreal. Like different emotions that are involved from beginning to end. I think each song individually tells its own story, but it's also part of a bigger cohesive story from front to back. Everything about this is just extremely well crafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To an extent, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think production wise, I think it sounds really, really great. It's just his vocals sometimes I just they just bother me so much. And they just to me sometimes it kills the the mood of a song. But musically there's some really there's some really rad parts. But this particular song I it was it was a little it was a little too quirky for this record, I feel. Like this could have fit better on the next record, the one with float on. I forgot the name of the record now, but Good news for people who like bad news. Yeah, it's more of a it's more of a song for that record rather than this. This is them. I mean, there there's still a lot of that edginess and the and the the rawness of it with some pop, but this is way too poppy for the record. So, like, I, I, th- it. I think this album is is sequenced in a way that that you need it, like because you need this song coming off of of the stars are projectors. Mm-hmm. Now you get Wild Pack of Family Dogs, which is just like, it's a much needed break. Because before Stars of Projectors, you have, which, which is my 1B part, it's two parts, the cold part and then alone down there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that three song, that one, two, three punch, it's just, it's so fucking intense. 
And then Wild Pack of Family Dogs hits you with this really like folky and you, you think you can breathe. You think you have a moment of, of just, oh, finally, I can just relax and dumb my brain down. Mm-hmm. But then it's got this like really complex story that a lot of these songs I've never even like looked at with a keen eye until this week. And they've meant something completely different to me this week than they ever have before. And this is one of them. What, so what do you think? Because to me, the hardest part was figuring out the lyrics. Because like we've said time and time again, we're not really lyric men up until recently. We weren't lyric men up until recently. And I felt his lyrics were so confusing. And I understand that was kind of the point. But it was also very frustrating because I wanted to find something there. And to me, sometimes it felt like it was just word vomit. And it was just there to be there. Like there was not a lot of meaning. And I... I don't know. It kind of it's kind of irritating when you can get so many different meanings from one one thing. That's just me. I mean, and this is I, one I, of those songs that was. I think my interpretation is might be very different than yours. Like probably a very very it sounds already very different from what you're saying. Much like the subjectivity of music itself, I like listening to a piece, even if it's horrible and bad and awful. I will always enjoy a piece where I think something completely different than somebody else. I will at least give something that it will at least get some merits from me because of its, if it's vastly difference in, in, in personality from person to person. And I think modest mouse mm-hmm. really does that. And I say modest, I really mean Isaac Brooks. Like the guy is just, I think he's a lyrical genius. I think he's absolutely fucking fantastic. I think he's amazing. I think Wait, he's great. Isaac, have I been getting his name wrong? Isaac Brock. Brooks Brock? Okay. Oh, you, yeah, I thought, oh, fuck, I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. It's Isaac Brock, yeah. 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 Brock like uh, okay, Lesnar. Sorry. Yeah, or like Brock from Pokemon. The oh, yeah, player. I was thinking about other Brock that I know. I can only think of Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Brock from Pokemon works. <laughs> yeah, you know. Arguably more popular than Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he Brock specializes in Brock more popular Pokemon. than Brock Lesnar? Uh, no. No, do you no. think right now, right now on Earth, you took a poll of everybody on Earth and you said, who do you recognize more? And you put a picture of Brock and a Brock Lesnar. Do you think Brock would win or Brock Lesnar would win? With a picture, Brock would win. Because but what about already... a picture with a tattoo of that sword on his chest, Brock Lesnar? I, I, think, I, I don't think it matters. I think a, a picture of Brock from Pokemon, you would recognize over Brock Lesnar. Because you, you have, because you automatically know it's an anime. Like you, you have that connection. You probably know it's Pokemon. I think you're right. It's just a small circles of wrestling and UFC. Definitely not as wild as, as anime and Pokemon. True. And what, also, what are you talking about here? What's going on? Re- wrestling is more is more American or North America, but Pokemon is worldwide. Pokemon is life. Pokemon is Pokemon is forever. <laughs> it is. Okay, let's get back fact. to this. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. So yeah, like like wild pack of family dogs. So so what do you I'm what do you got for this one? I, I'm curious so, and then lyrically I feel like this is about mental illness, which a lot of his lyrics seem to be about, and depression specifically, uh, and about how it runs in, in families, it's hereditary, and how he's kind of wondering why people continue to have children knowing that they are mentally ill and more likely than not, they're gonna pass down the genes that cause or whatever you, I mean, they're going to pass down, you know, certain mental illnesses. That's what I, I think it's him just kind of questioning why, why do people decide to do that? And why, almost like, why is it allowed to happen? So I guess I should, 
I should backtrack a little bit. We we should backtrack a little bit. Do you think this album? Because I do want to get back into this, but mm-hmm. I think it's very important for this album. Do you think there's a a theme of this album? Do you think this album flows like cohesively? I think the only theme is is depression. I think that, is, okay. or I think that's the big theme is is his depression and his 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 internal thoughts on that and that's really it like i don't think there's any there's there's some like i feel like there's some stuff that could be related to relationships whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship like there's one song i can't even think right now but there's one that could be taken like he's talking about you know girlfriend or it's it could just be a really really close friend of his but i think that's only like maybe two songs three songs but to me everything else is is straight up about depression i know some people said that they think that there's a few songs that are directly related to religion but i didn't i didn't pick up on that maybe some dying like death but i feel like that's more with the anxiety of dying and what happens after death i don't think that's related to religion but i guess we'll get into that once we get into those those particular songs but overall i think it's about depression and his own mental illness yeah that's what i got there's man i there's so much to unpack here like truthfully there's i think there's there's so much, I don't even know where to begin. I, I'm I'm staring at the 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 vinyl well, right I mean, now. And we're still on this one song. So. I know, but it's just, it's just like when I because Isaac Isaac Brock is just known for being. He's not religious, but he just he does bring religion to his songs quite often, and he talks about it quite often because he doesn't hate religion, but he doesn't love religion. He questions religion. He doesn't understand it, but he wants to understand it. And that's that's a that's a common theme with this album and a lot of his a lot of Modest Mouse albums is 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 questioning. And I think the overall concept of this album is is uncertainty. And and I But I think it's I, more I think it's more about his own anxiety on death of death rather than, you know, questioning anything else on religion. I, I feel like that's the only thing that ties it into the religion is his anxiety of death and what happens after death. Or what happens to those after death. So I don't think but, he cares. I don't think he cares what happens after death because they're uh, okay. So while packing, but if he does, dies, then he wouldn't have the anxiety of it. That's the thing. But I don't think he has anxiety of of, of death. I think he has. I don't think he has anxiety at all. I think he's just. I, I think he likes to question things. He likes. Oh my god! It's in the last line of the album. It's just you know, so good. <laughs> wild pack of family dogs. Let's 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 try and hone it down. You're right. Let's hone it down. Let's 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 buckle down. <laughs> So what do you got? What 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 do you what do you interpret the song to be? So this could be like like Isaac is watching life unfold in front of him, and and you know dealing with negative or disastrous events, and how he deals with these events by blaming them on metaphorical dogs, pack of dogs, like his mm-hmm. dog dying, his sister leaving for worse or a, a worse life or abandoning their family, whatever, and the untimely his father uh, neglecting his job or whatever, but. Reading it this week, I thought like like because of an earlier song, I said, "What if this is? What if he's telling? What, like, what if this is God telling us a story through the eyes of like Jesus as a narrator? Jesus sees these dogs who represent like destruction. God mm-hmm. manages to keep them at bay. God being his father, he manages to shoot his gun, keep them at bay. You know, Jesus' own dog betrays them by leaving with this pack of dogs by leaving with okay. this destruction." Like Judas Diz. Judas, yeah. D- Diz, does. Diz, did. yeah. Diz. <laughs> Diz, does and did. He still does it to this day. Pod talking. Pod talking, man. Pod talking. 
when when the dogs came back and took his sister, like I read that as essentially this is the last bit of innocence of humanity, and that okay. subsequently making Mary cry, the blood from the eyes, like them yeah. cool fucking bleeding eye statues that that we see so significantly in religious zealot literature. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, like God gives up, he gives up and quits his job. God called him sick today. Gives up and quits his job of protecting man, and eventually Jesus knows he's gonna fucking die, again. <laughs> yeah. And the dogs finish their job of destruction and return home to whatever religious belief you have. They go up to the sky, which is such a, it's such a timeless thing of like going up to the sky, right? The the mm-hmm. mountain in the sky, everything in the sky, everything always goes up to the fucking sky. And I think Wild Pack and Family Dogs perfectly, I don't know, sums up that 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 belief of how shitty man is. And I think that goes along lines and this is the 10th track this goes along line with with the concept of the album of 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 uncertainty not just in like religion but of how we treat each other and if you look at the album cover the moon and antarctica <laughs> those are two things that are very similar right the the surface of the moon and the surface of antarctica very similar very mm-hmm. desolate very lonely cold. very cold but they're so far away. Like how could the moon possibly be the same as Antarctica when the Antarctica is hours away from us where the moon is days away from us? It's, it's crazy to think that they're so similar, but so far away. And then the handshake mm-hmm. on the cover, it's two worlds coming together and saying, we can, we can live in harmony, even though whoever those hands are, you know, they're coming from the sky. They're coming from above. They're not coming from the ground. They're coming from above. They're wearing the white, the white sleeves, so you know you're already thinking godlike creatures. Yeah, they're yeah. making a pact with us. You behave this way, and I will treat you this way. And while a pack of family dogs goes along lines of you did not behave this way, so now you're fucked. I'm leaving. Fuck off. And this is not the first time on the album that Isaac will say that God just told man to fuck himself, and I don't give a shit anymore. I that's a very interesting theory, and and. An interpretation, like I, I mean, now that you break it down like that, I can, I could definitely see it, but I, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. But. And this is, dude, this is just like, this was like an easy one. Some of the other ones that goes into it, I, I, I love when, when he, when he, like personifies, when he personifies a deity, and mm-hmm. and takes on this perspective of God, essentially damning man because man is a douche. And he does it several times over this album. And it's so cool. It's so great. It's so thought-provoking. And again, above all else, I think this album's concept, its theme is uncertainty met with complacency. Because overall, this this whole album, we'll, we'll get into it and we'll talk about how thought-provoking it is and how crazy it is and how amazing it is and how, how I think it's so deep. And you start to think about all these existential topics and everything, but it ends with, eh, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Much like, much like when you're drunk and you have these these conversations with somebody and you you get really into it and stuff, mm-hmm. and the next day, you don't give a shit. Yeah, because yeah. You were, it was drunk talk. That's what this album is. This album is is exactly like that. Because the last song, what people are made of, my five B, it essentially ends with with like whatever. <laughs> we're all just made of water and shit. Eh, whatever. And so this entire kind of album, yeah. this entire fucking album, he is just. He has posed these questions into our mind of 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 higher powers and, and getting deep into our own psyche and the human condition. And he ends the entire album with, eh, whatever. Like, this is fucking classic. That's so good. 
I, I, so I really human. enjoy your, your interpretation of it. I think that's what <laughs> it's so human, dude. I just can't. Oh my God. Can't even. I cannot even. You can't see my face, but it's very serious. You can't even. Should that go on the no no list? No, I can't even because I can't I even finish the, the sentence. No-no-list. That's what that is. What does that mean? I can't even. Does that mean I can't finish the sentence? Is that what that means? It just means you're dramatic. Oh. Unnecessarily dramatic. Should I just say, I, Tyler, right now I'm being unnecessarily dramatic. What if I'm being necessarily dramatic, though? How would you know? What's the difference? Uh, there's, a, there's a difference. Tone? There's a difference. It's just tone? I should it's be better tone, at articulating it's tone, my tone? And it's, it's tone and it's subject. The subject matter. Okay. I don't, so. I don't think I can't even should be on the no-no <laughs> list. But it's, I think it's something we should be cognizant about. Just be careful. Just be careful. Yeah, okay. It should be on the... Please be it, careful. It be the precautionary no-no It list. should be on... Yes. It's right in that line. You know, yeah, right in that fence, baby. It's right in that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Shit. All right. Do, do you have Do you have any bees? I have four bees. What is your one bee? My one bee is alone down there. Oh, baby boy, alone boy, down boy. there. Okay. This is This is a nice throwback to the first two records. It's more the '90s emo indie thing, and uh, then the pop style, which is which was nice. I like that they they really kind of threw it back there. The calmer parts remind me actually a bit of Pink Floyd and the heavy, and then it just drops into the heaviness again and it kind of goes back and forth. It's a nice back and forth between the kind of ethereal dreamy stuff of like the Pink Floyd sound with the heaviness where he just kind of screams or does that. It's not even a scream. It's more, it's just like nineties emo. That was nineties emo. And, uh, I think this is, this is an absolute banger, absolute banger alone down there. Wait, is this, okay. this is your one B too, right? This is tied for my one B. I, I think this and the color or the cold part. The cold part, yeah. They need to be. I, I think it should be one song. I honestly think it should be one song. I think yeah, they it could be really hand. cool. Yeah. Well, the the cold part is my two B. So okay. Yeah, but they're but I they're two very different songs. I guess we can talk about both of them right now. Right now, right? Because I don't think they're two different songs. I think they're they're complementary. I think they, they, they contrast compl- each other. They do no. They contrast. They, they contrast each other, but they're still two very different songs. Because the cold part is more of an instrumental. It's sl- much slower. It's it kind of reminds me of a song that could have been off of uh, Jimmy World's Clarity. It kind of has that that way of kind of slowly driving along, but have those like cool soundscapes that aren't soundscapes because they're all created by guitar effects you know it's not they're not using synths or like a massive amount of synths or anything like that and i i'm reminded a lot of clarity with this particular song and then you get into the the heavier the heaviness of alone down there mixed with a little bit of the pink floyd like the softer pink floyd stuff i think i think it's a great one-two punch i see it i i i did i agree i i think so the cold part I think the lyrics are is a backup to the music. The backup is or the, the the music itself is is what's conveying the emotion, the direction, everything about the music is what you should be focusing on. And that is I don't know, that is the sense of like goodbye. That's the sense of of, of saying goodbye to something and farewell, but it's mm-hmm. told through the music. It's it's a feeling of loneliness. There's 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 this lonely feeling of the music here and it's it's sem- like like the semi-broken drum beat at times will like bring you back from getting too attached to the rhythm. That droning mm-hmm. bass line kind of keeps you going, even though you don't want to, you have to jump into that, to that bass line because it's, it, it, it's constant. 
and it hits those those root notes so hard and so heavy that they ring, and so you can't help but be attached to it. But that that broken drum beat kind of like snaps you back to reality, and this music just feels lonely. It's got this mm-hmm. dramatic buildup that takes a while to lead us to where it wants. It takes five minutes to get to the destination, which gives <laughs> us this feeling of helplessness. It's in yeah. line with like various themes of this album, and I think again like this is this is a song that that the music precedes the lyrics but then we transition to alone down there alone down there mm-hmm. and this is supposedly a song written by isaac when he hallucinated talking to the devil or whatever but i think that's just a, a tale to to sell records or whatever but ultimately i think this is uh i don't know this is this is like a sort sort of self-realization moment alone down there is a sort of self-realization moment and i think it's just him feeling down and feeling like alone down in like the pit of his heart. And I like the way that his voice cracks during the feel alone part. I think it's honest. I think it's super good. And modest mouse slays and they've done it multiple times over the course of their career. They slay at taking a riff and repurposing it on the same album as a different song. And that's what Mm -hmm. they did in alone down there. They took the riff from cold part and they tweaked it a little bit to stretch the feeling and the mood of the previous song and then now make it an entirely different song. And I think that's why it's a two-parter because one song is about saying goodbye and this one is about what happens after you say goodbye, which is super dope if you think about it because even in like a super toxic relationship, anything you want to give to it, when you when you make a conscious decision, not just like, yeah, I'm going to stop doing this. It's like, no, when you finally actually are real with yourself and you make a decision, I, I'm going to stop doing X, then it's like human to just feel lonely right afterwards because you still miss that. There's a lingering feeling of self-doubt and mi- like a minimal regret part of it. That's just, yeah. that's just part of it. You know what I mean? Like breaking up with somebody or, or quitting alcohol or whatever it is. There's always that moment of, of regret or self-doubt that you think you cannot do it alone. And that is alone down there does perfectly is just build off of the cold part. It's just, it's an unreal two-parter. I, I, it's, it truly is unreal. I agree with you that they go hand in hand, and I feel like the the sto- to me the story here uh, is you know the cold part is just the deepest of deep depressions and thinking about death or suicide whatever you want to you want to say, and then getting to alone down there is when you're at your bottom at the bottom, and death does come, and then you're stuck essentially at i guess limbo i guess maybe maybe not limbo but i guess at the the point where you they're going to make the decision on where you go heaven or hell you know good or bad you know and then because i read that too that that the song alone down there is about you know his hallucination with the devil uh lyrically i mean looking at the or reading the lyrics i couldn't i i couldn't make any sense of it so just basing it off of what he has said I feel like that song is about him seeing the devil or talking with like evil saying like, you know, you you made the decision of committing suicide. You made the decision of, of dying intentionally. And this is the repercussions of it and how terrifying it, it is for him. And so I feel like it's that story. It's the story of him. It's the story of him of leading up to the suicide and then, or death or what I guess suicide. And then the aftermath of that meeting, your worst fears, whether that be the devil or whatever it is, it's just coming coming against your worst fears. 
and having to confront those those fears. That's that's kind of what I get. But I mean, who the fuck knows at this point? Because his lyrics are so out there. I don't <laughs> know. That's what I, I, it, it's I, so difficult. It's, it's been so difficult with this. I love that he's so outspoken against being religious. He's not like outspoken against religion. He's just outspoken against being religious. And whenever mm-hmm. people ask him about like what what are you Christian, he's like, "How do you just like ask me something else?" And it's it's but he's never. I mean, he does sometimes, but he never like really attacks religion. He's always just like, "Ask me something else. Ask me something that matters. It doesn't fucking matter what I believe in. If what it matters is like how I feel, like how I act, like what what my actions do, how I affect other people, how they affect me. It's always just this weird like cycle. This weird this weird sort of like Buddhist slash Jedi cycle of of how everybody's connected in some some way. And so when he when like again, like when he says it's about like the devil, it's not the devil that Christians think as the devil. It's just something bad. Something I, that, I think like it, the I worst think just, thing. Yeah. I that, I just I didn't necessarily mean the devil. I just meant more the afterlife and what happens. I use the devil a lot too, but it's not the devil that we think of in in, in you know, religious forms. It yeah. doesn't have With to be the a Christian devil. With the pitchfork and the horns. Yeah. Yeah. It's just your inner demons, especially, I guess. But I feel like, I I think, like I said, I think this is still a song about him questioning what happens in the afterlife and whether or not he was a good person and he's confronting all the, like I said, the, the demons, so to speak, of his life in the afterlife. So, Man, um, this is a this is a guy that can use that uses his voice as an instrument. And that's, I mean, love it or hate it, that's why he does what he does. And it's very unique. There's not a lot of singers that can, that do it because it's, it's a little, it's pretty ballsy to even do. But the highs and the lows that he can, he can layer on himself, he uses his voice as an instrument. And so sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, he will say words, but really it's it's the emotion in the way he says those words. It's not the words themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's why, that's why I love, that's why I love this album. This yeah, one, that was your 1B, your 2B. One B, yeah. I mean, I want to play, I honestly want to play both of them. Because I think they're both. We could, we could, we could play fucking seven minutes of music. That's fine. Well, no, I mean, I, I, what I'm thinking is like, do like a minute of the cold part and then kind of go into a, a minute of the other song. Oh yeah. Does that sound good? You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. So. Here's a here's a bit of uh, the cold part, and then going into alone down there from uh, the modest mouses.
There you go alone down there and also you know the cold part for <laughs> that it's all good stuff man i tried to make that transition sound good that was great and seamless, but that was a fantastic transition you didn't even hear it you can't no, even hear stupid. it <laughs> uh i tried to make it sound good but whatever that's right um there you go i mean do we have anything else on these songs lyrically musically what do you think no 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 that's it Okay, so then what is your three B? Uh, I mean, well, I those are my two B. Those are my one B because I think they're one song. I, I okay. grouped them as one song. My two B is the next song, "The Stars Are Projectors." This is actually my five B. I, I I I misread. Fucking better my misread. Better fucking misread. You're an idiot. Sorry. What, what do you think about this one? I I, I like musically. Dude, the back and forth between the harder parts and the softer parts just seem like a natural back and forth between keeping your faith or values and questioning them because I think that's a lot what this album goes into and that's a lot what the song goes into. And I think that's, uh, again, like the music here is is taking is taking the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And I, I, fuck, this, this, this song is so good. This I, I don't know, I... I have a lot to say about this song. I have a lot of notes written about this song. Okay. Uh, I guess mu- musically for me, this is this is a little bit of a slower song to it, but it still has that kind of like swingy vibe. Um, I hate, dude, why did I say vibe? I hate that fucking word. Vibage. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's still very ethereal and dreamy sounding at the same time. It's, um, it's very... I, I don't want to say Pink Floyd because it's not Pink Floyd. It doesn't sound like that. But There's it's a, a lot good... of similarities on this album to Pink Floyd, though. Yeah, more so than, than any of their other records, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, but this particular song, this this goes really well after, you know, um, after Alone Down There because, especially lyric, I mean, lyrically and musically, too, because this, to me at least, this song gives a more of a, like a airy vibe, like a like ha- little bit happier, but still a little bit more melancholy. And lyrically, it talks about you know this is also about the afterlife, about after after you die. And it talks about how once that happens, everything you've ever wanted to know in life is is immediately answered for you. Any questions you had are answered. And I feel like that goes hand in hand with him essentially meeting his demons. But then finding clarity and finding 
finding uh i guess clarity is the only the word i can think of right now to describe it but and then finding out you know everything about not society of uh of life you know and that that's i think it all goes hand in hand these three songs in particular yeah but the only reason it's a 5b and not and not like a 3 because of the actual music itself but as a story i think the story goes Dude, that fucking good. that that intro is is gold the intro is gold it is it is crazy it is hectic i i fucking love it love it but <laughs> i i there's a lot of things. This one's heavy. Like on an easy note, I think this is about understanding our limitations when it comes to creation and existentialism and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like the first chorus is meet your maker, uh, meet your maker scenario. And Isaac is presenting that it's probably not going to be all great since the world has always been allowed to go to shit. Mm-hmm. So you meet your maker and it's probably not going to be the way you think it's going to go. It's not going to be all, all a bed of roses type of thing. Probably going to be a little bit more, uh, a little more blunt, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you really, honestly, like if you died and you met God, you're like, oh wow, God, tell me everything. God's like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would God automatically just be kind to you and amazing to you and and open you? Like, you've done a lot of bad in your life. You've done more good, but I don't know. It's it's. I, I think it's silly that us humans always think that when we die, we're going to somewhere better. Like why? Why can't we go to somewhere equal, equally as shit, or equally as good? Why does it always have to be Nirvana? It, whatever, it has to be better. I think Isaac is is presenting these uh, these thoughts. He's presenting like, why does it have to be like that? It could possibly be shit. You meet your maker, and he's a dick, or she's yeah. a dick, as as he posits later on. But that, but then that also plays into to to the theme of the record of his just depression and and anxiety, not having a. a a more positive outlook how he's constantly worrying about the future or whether that be in the living form or wherever we go after in his mind. See, I don't, I don't think like, I don't think there's any depression on this album at all. I, I don't, I don't hear any kind of, I think it all, I think it all whatsoever. stems from it. I think it all stems from it. I don't think so. I think it's all just about asking these hard questions. And I, I think like musically, like musically it followed perfectly with, with I don't know, just what I you know being on my high horse here, what I think this song means, and like any natural progression of thought in a sense of like digging deeper into the questions is going to make your mind race, right? When you start thinking about like where do we come from, who is God, what is God, where did God come from, you're going to start asking more questions, and the more questions you ask, the more questions are presented as an answer, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say what is God. You're, you're presented with where did God come from? Who created God? These, you ask one question, you get five questions back instead of an answer. And the way yeah. this song builds on itself is it speeds up in answering these questions of like God and who is God. But then it slows down at the end to finally kind of accept the fact that there's really no way to actually answer these questions. And so that's why I think this album isn't based in any kind of depression. I think it's based in just kind of I don't know, just being bored and in, in, in wondering shit when you're drunk or high. Because, I mean, the outro is almost three fucking minutes. And it's yeah, so yeah. goddamn perfect. The song just wants us to sit back and think about what just happened. Dig into ourselves. Just pontificate. The instrumental is easy to follow, but it still keeps the tone and feeling of the song, of the album. We're already nine tracks deep. 
And it mm. all comes down to a slow stop, like two guitars picking their own thing in each different channel of stereo. And this is where the, mm. the whole vinyl thing kind of came into play. Because listening on Spotify, the two guitars on each channel sounded fantastic. And it was like, yeah. like when, when you hear two different things going on and the guitars are doing their own thing, but they're still kind of keeping in time with each other a little bit. But that's a push and pull. That's a contrast. One person is telling you one thing. Another person is telling you another thing. Your faith is telling you one thing. Your logic is telling you another thing. This yeah. kind of contrast, this kind of question and answering, these are like the, the, the main themes of the album. And I love that, which I didn't hear that on the vinyl that much because I don't think the, the stereo picked it up that well. But Spotify I think it's it I think it's easier to I think it's easier to hear when you're when you're did you listen with earbuds? I yeah. Yeah, well, not I mean, on my not my on my vinyl now. No, but on Spotify you did. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to to make that connection and differentiate between the two channels. It's a yeah, it's a def- whole lot yeah, harder. Definitely. Unless unless you're like right right near the speakers and you have one on each side of you, like like how my setup is in my house. On my desk, I have a speaker on each side of my desk. So when I listen to vinyl a lot, I can really differentiate a stereo mix because I. They're they're literally right in front of me. So, but I, if I if I was like on the other side of the room, like you are, like you're like a good eight or nine feet from your speakers, I feel like it could be a lot harder to to differentiate, you know, the the different side, the two different sides. It wasn't even like it was hard. I just I couldn't hear it at all. Yeah, and and usually I can at least I can at least vaguely hear it. I was like, okay, I can I can tell there's something going on here, but this was I I could not tell at all. There's nothing. I, no, nothing. But I think I think the stars are projectors is also a knock on like how humanity will look to religion to shed light on like life. Rather, mm-hmm. like like each star, like imagine each star shedding its own unique religious view back on Earth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like every st- you look up in the sky and it's like every we everybody on Earth sees these stars. And everybody yeah. kind of has like their own interpretation, their own belief on what these stars mean, what is happening, what's going on, whether or not the stars even exist on people. Yeah, and it's true. It's great. Like all of these different viewpoints. And it's also interesting to think, and this is what the album does super cool, fucking cool, is, is it's interesting to think that every single one of these stars, like they're all seeing us at different points in history. Because mm-hmm. if we take like, like light years and how long it takes for light to travel... And if we see a star that's billions of light years away, then that star is probably does not look like the way it is if we travel to it because it'll be billions of years in the future. And so you think all of these stars are now looking at us at the same time. They're all looking at us at the same time. However, our light is reflecting back at them at different points in our history. So one star is seeing us in yeah. you know, pre-BC and then one star is seeing us in today's time. And that's... That's weird. It's, it, it's, it's weird. A, it, it's it's it's, it's a weird concept. It it, it yeah. makes you feel kind of queasy. It's I don't know. I, I think like ultimately the song evokes the emotion of posing the question of creation in its simplest form, and it does so in the last line of where do circles begin? And I think that's like such a childish thing to do because circles begin when I put the fucking pencil on the paper and draw a circle. <laughs> but it's such a childish concept of like where do circles begin? Well, where does mm-hmm. God exist? Like, well, who is God? All of these things are being posed in this album, and I think ultimately that's why I said I don't I don't think that this comes from like a depression thing. I just I think it comes from a a a, a standpoint of him just 
like literally just I don't know questioning, questioning. The, the, but I feel like the the the, the depress or his feeling his feelings of sadness, depression, anxiety is caused by these questions. I think it's the opposite. I think these questions are causing him anxiety. That's what I'm saying. Like a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, these questions are coming from anxiety or depression. I think he's asking these questions and thinking like, holy fuck, where does God come from? Who did create God? Now I feel weird. Not like I feel weird. Where does God come from? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's kind of two I, different camps. There are, I but guess. but I wouldn't necessarily say the theme of this record is is based off of religion or or his thoughts on the afterlife because there are other songs that don't touch upon that. So that's why I'm saying I think the theme is more depression and anxiety, obviously caused by outside factors. But you know that is the theme. I think I think the theme is uncertainty which bleeds into complacency. Okay. Because it opens up with uncertainty, uncertainty and it closes with complacency. It right. opens up the third rock, the the song third rock that's a little bit uncertain and then it closes with complacency of eh whatever. I third rock it. from the sun. Yeah. Third rock from the sun. That's such a bad show. That's terrible. I don't know I why people like that show. I didn't I didn't even like it when I was a kid and then I watched a few episodes as an adult. It's terrible. And everything I've ever seen, like John Lithgow in, I've always liked. I just cannot stand him in that show. It was, it was bad. It was just Dumb, a bad, sh- a bad show. It's like it's like that era's yeah. of uh, Big Bang Theory. Uh, stupid. I don't think it's as bad as Big Bang Theory, but it's pretty bad. Pretty pretty bad. Pretty pretty bad. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Cool. Uh, should we pl- let's play? You want to play a little bit of it? Um, I mean, you know, you got more bees. We'll play bees. Starch predictors. I like song. I said, I only have five really bees, and so I only have one bee left. So right, yeah, we say we already burned through half of them. So, uh, so let's play. I'm just gonna play a little bit. So here's uh, the stars are projectors from Modest Mouse. <laughs> There you go. The stars are projectors from Modest Mouse. So how many bangers do you have again? Uh, they're all bangers except for one that I, th- I thought maybe could be a maybe song. <laughs> You're fucking crazy. So then what's your uh, what's your 4B? Or no, 3B. Uh, 3B, I guess. One, yeah, two. I thought we did. Because stars are oh, projectors yeah. is your two. 
because you have because you're weird. Oh no, we did my four B because yeah, it was packing dogs. My so my three B. Uh, let's go back up, and that's perfect disguise. Perfect disguise. Okay, that's not a B for me, but all right. <laughs> Why? That's fine. Talk to me. I oh, I yeah. uh, so like if you didn't know, he he had been accused of of rape oh, in shit. in this era. Right before this album came out, and I think Perfect Disguise is, um, it seems to be about that, like about the rape allegations. And it's really hard to talk about because you don't want to take sides and you shouldn't be taking sides. But like the way our, our but the way like earthly judicial system is set up is like you kind of want to take sides between the innocent and guilty, but mm. it's not as clear cut as that. However, Isaac has, has gone on to talk about it, um, ex- not extensively, but continuously throughout the years even even to like this day people still fucking ask him about it and he kind of just he, he he's not saying like oh i'm 100 percent innocent oh, I don't know. it's always just like you know what there are always two sides to a story and i'm i'm happy with what happened for my side or how i feel things happened or whatever you know what i mean he doesn't sound like a rapist i guess yeah so yeah. given that I think the song is about that because it's that that those allegations came out like a year before this album came out and I I love okay. this melody. I love the guitar notes. I like how they get higher and the bass gets lower. So one's going up, one's going down. Again, balance and contrast. I think mm-hmm. it's a pretty sounding song. Like it just sounds pretty, but it's yeah. very angry in his lyrics. And again, all about contrast. Very, very short. <laughs> and I, I I don't know. I I it's fucking cool. It's about someone who's like clearly stepping over someone to get ahead. And that could be about like the rape allegations or that could be about something else. Everyone thinks about the rape allegations. He says that maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's what he does best. That's great. Build your brand. I get it. <laughs> Fucking riding that fence, right? Yeah, dude. Something Build I your know brand, everything about. man. Build your brand, baby. I, <laughs> I get it. I, I understand brand, yeah. it. Um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of lyricists do that. That's not like unique to him in yeah, any yeah, capacity. I know. I know. And uh, I, I, dude, the line like "you cocked your head to shoot me down" is so good. It's so fucking cool. And then I was like thinking, like, you cocked your head, cocked your head back, like you're gonna spit on somebody, or like you cocked your head to the side. And so then I googled it. I Google searched "cocked head," mm-hmm. and you know, because Google knows all and everything you get on the internet's real. I discovered that behavioral patterns show a lot of results were showing that females cock their heads more than males do. They cock their heads to the side due to a perceived nurturing, like subconscious that they have to make them, to make, to make them project to males that they are understanding that they, that they are listening to what they're saying. And if that's true, it is fucking brilliant by Isaac. Because if you take that, what I just said by the Google search, if you think that, Isaac thinks that females cock their head to the side in a perceived deceptive manner. Mm-hmm. That makes this song so goddamn good. Or how about because sorry, cocking your head to the side is is making me believe that you are interested in me. And then the next lot or the next part of it just to shoot me down. Oh, it's heart wrenching. It is fantastic writing. Yeah, it is. And so I, I just thought of this right now. Thought of this right now with the lyrics, and it's it's vulgar. So I'm saying that this is kind of vulgar up, what baby. I'm going to say. But considering you know the, the rape allegations, the line "cause you cocked your head to shoot me down," the "cause you cocked your head," meaning that she went down on him, and that's kind of where the 
the rape allegation comes in and then to shoot me down like she did this intentionally she intentionally went down on him knowing full well what she was going to do in the end of accuse him accusing him of the the rape i don't know maybe Ooh. it's vulgar and maybe it's kind of a stretch I, that's a maybe double that's, entendre i like it i like it, it might I like be it. i don't know like i said it's pretty it's kind of vulgar but you know throwing it's, that it's, line out there i like it because it's it's like subtly kind of like a fuck you to her mm. and he is he's a staunch supporter and, and he had the backing of like most of seattle behind him and most of the pacific northwest saying like he didn't do it and like i know this girl and yada 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 and all that stupid shit i don't know really much like he says there are only two people that fucking know what happened and he's comfortable with his side of the story like that's that's like his famous line that he says and that's true like only really two people know exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and if both people are comfortable with their side of the story then we need to investigate further yeah but i don't know so so given that I think Perfect Disguise is really cool because I think it's one of those songs that has great contrast. It's like I said, it's angry and lyrical tone, but it's kind of like a pretty song. The yeah. guitar notes are kind of like climbing up and the bass kind of just climbs down. Everything is just contrasted so damn perfectly. It's a well-crafted song. And and I will say he I, I agree with you with the contrast. Lyrically I got something different. Uh, but musically, I have, you know, it, it's a slower song. It's a little bit more ethereal, dreamy sounding, airy sounding. Or like what you said, it's like pretty. It, it sounds nice. It's pleasant. Uh, on top of that, there's a lot of harms. And they're, they're really good harms that, that he does. And to throw it a, a little bit back too, his vocal delivery reminds me a lot of Kurt, or not a lot, but a little bit of Kurt Cobain. Oof. It's like some of the softer moments that Kurt had, like like on, you know, the unplugged stuff. Some of the stuff, on, some of the softer stuff on in utero, kind of. That's kind of what I was reminded of when I was listening to this I, particular. Song. I don't disagree in any way. These guys, these guys lied about where they were from to get away from the grunge scene because they didn't want to be. Yeah, they want grouped be. into the grunge scene. However, god damn, dude, there's a lot of songs on here. And what they've done prior to this, where their guitar tone is grunge. It is oh. fucking straight grunge. Oh, definitely. And speaking I of love other... It. They can't get away with it. It's so cool. Other it's influence, fucking rad. It just seeps one, into them. One big influence I picked up on was uh, sometimes his vocals remind me a lot of Les Claypool. The way he kind of delivers the lines and kind of has that... Like, he kind of has that, that the twanginess... But not nearly as cool as Les Claypool. Like he, I feel like he picks a lot from Kurt Cobain and Les Claypool at this period. Yeah, at this point in time, I I totally agree with Les Claypool because I think I mean really it's it's hard to be this this kind of quirky without being like a, a joke. I guess yeah, without being yeah. perceived as a joke, and Les Claypool has embraced the joke so much that has become his sound. <laughs> Seriously. And it's 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 either that or you just become a joke. But Isaac has not become a joke quite yet at this mm-hmm. point in their career. I also hear for, from a from a band that's a little bit newer than than Modest Mouse, uh, a band I feel took probably a lot from Modest Mouse on the first two two three records is brand new. There's a lot of I hear a lot of Jesse Lacey in the vocal melody and tones and kind of the overall songwriting is is similar to uh to brand new hmm. 
but just the first three, just really honestly, the first three Modest Mouse records. After that, it's, you know, <laughs> brand new sounds nothing like anything after. But um, I, I hear a lot of Jesse Lacey with the with the the style, the style definitely. Very interesting. Yeah. It's crazy to think that like this album is 1999. Like this, yeah, they had two albums prior to this. this is 21, 22 years old. And, and it makes sense. It makes sense with like the Jesse Lacey thing too, because that's kind of when Taking Back Sunday started and when he was in Taking Back Sunday. So, you know, they were kind of still probably influenced by bands like this. So, I mean, the timeline all really kind of makes sense with that. But, um, yeah, this is, this is, this is, it, it's not a banger, but it's not anywhere close to being a stinker. It's just a, it's a good song. It really is okay. just a good song. But lyrically, um, I kind of took it, you know, th- this could be, he could either be talking about a romantic relationship or he could be just talking about a very good friendship uh, and how the person is kind of two-faced, how they, they present themselves one way, but once you get to know them, they're very different. They're, they're s- the more cynical, they're backstabbing, they're pretty much all the negative things you could, you could talk about somebody. And, uh, and that's what it is. And that's what this perfect disguise means that they're, they're able to put on that, that front, that face, to everybody else but once you get to know them they're just not good people and we all know people we all know people like that you know growing up and into our young adulthood you know we we kind of realize oh some of the friends we used to know are kind of shitty people so probably not going <laughs> to hang out with them anymore like i have friends that i never thought i would would not be friends with but I've, i haven't talked to them in years so it's just because you, you kind of realize these things as you mature so i think this is also a a show of his maturity from, you know, being a teenager to adulthood. Does that, so. does that change your perspective, reinforce your perspective or doesn't do anything knowing about the rape allegations prior to this album coming out? Wait, what do you, wait, wait, say that again? What? So does that, does, like knowing what happened, does that change your perspective on this song? Cause I mean, everything you said could be in line with the woman that he's, talking yeah. about with the rape allegations but that does that change your perspective on the song does that no. make no difference it doesn't does that no it doesn't make a difference because this is this is that my force i it doesn't change my opinion because his his lyrics are so out there they're just so like you said ambiguous that they could almost be about anything so it doesn't really change my mind because I don't know what he's talking about, and he refuses to talk about what any of his lyrics are about, which is very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. So I, I don't know. I I I, I, I understand your love. I fucking love when people when when artists don't want to get into because they're so personal. It's so personal. Like this is their this is their craft. This is their this is their creation. And I love when artists don't get into detail about what something means because. Not only does it leave for just like good conversation, but it's it's none of our fucking business. Like this is something that they put out that meant something to them, and it just so happened that we love it, and they love that we love it, and they'll keep doing it for us. But we don't need to know everything. True, that's true. Much like creation, like God, like do we really? Like honestly, do you really want to fucking know everything? <laughs> I, I I guess I, in, I guess in theory you would want to know everything, but in the end, when you really think about it, you probably wouldn't. It it would probably destroy you. Would destroy you, yeah. Like being able to hear your pets talk or think or whatever. You know, right. if your pets could talk, like yeah. would you want to hear your pets fucking talk? No, they shit on you all day, <laughs> brother. You lay around all day. They clean your shit up. 
help me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> That's all he would say. <laughs> or knowing what everybody else thinks. Can you imagine like how Mel Gibson? What women want? That was actually exactly what I thought about. That, no, like that's that was a dumb fucking movie. It's, but it's that, very that moment when he could not could not harness his power and he's walking around, and he could hear all of what women want. And obviously, it was in a dumb, cliche '90s way. But just the overload of information—that's it's too much. It's kind of devastating. It is. Yeah, it's too. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> too much. All right. Um, should we play a bit of Perfect Disguise? Oh, dude, we got so many songs. I mean, do you or, have no, more no, bees? no, no. Uh, I have, I have one more B. We'll play your one B because I mean, we did. I, I get into every single one of these goddamn songs. I swear to God. Well, I mean, every song. But uh, what is what is your next B? My four B, my final B. Well, I mean, I had five Bs, but we were talking about my five. Uh, so my final B is a different city. Ooh, yeah. Uh, this one, you know, it starts off kind of fast. It it slows down in the verses, uh, but it it kind of it's it's a kind of a nice back and forth. I really like the g- different guitar effects that that they use on this one. I it adds so much uh, so much depth to the overall songs, to the overall song. Uh, but to me, the highlight is the bass the bass line all the, or all the all the bass playing on this song is the highlight for me. I think okay. that that's that's the coolest part of the song musically. But there's a there's a lot going on here. There's a lot to kind of unpack musically, but it's good. A different city. What is what does this one sit for you? This is my twelve B. Oh my god. Twelve <laughs> B. I, I like I like these B's. little ecstatic like, intros. I do. I they they're cool. I like how angry this sounds. I, you know, it's dramatic, it's frustrated. Mm-hmm. I get it. Some of the guitar tones in this one also, like for real, is reminding me of the grunge scene. Like this they can't hide it. Yeah, and they try to dis- they try to distance themselves from it so much, but it seeps through in songs like this. It's so subtle that if you don't, I, don't know, I guess if you're not paying attention to it, then you would miss it. Or if you didn't know they're from Seattle, you may have missed it. Mm-hmm. But it's there, dude. The grunge yeah. sound is there. That that tone is fucking there in this album. It's crazy. It's funny. It's cute. But there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of yelling in the verses, and it, it supports like the frustration and feeling of of. Of giving up out of anger, which mm-hmm. I think, um, like ultimately, this song's about. It's about isolation. He's shutting himself off in the world by getting lost in what's, in what's killing society, as he thinks. TV, politicians, products, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Lyrically, on this one, to me at least, it's once again, it's about his depression. But at this point, he just kind of wants to get away from everything. Like it's it's a it's an over it's a stimulation overload. So he want, he needs to get away from it all to just be in complete isolation for a bit, and that's what it is. It, I mean, a different city being, I need to leave my current situation and just kind of reset, and that's what I got with this one. I don't know. I don't think it's. I couldn't get get anything deeper on this one. No, it's I I again. I'm going to reiterate that I don't think anything on this album is about depression. I just I think that. I think just because you want to leave everybody and be by yourself alone in the dark does not necessarily mean you're depressed. And I think that's that's like a, a weird gray area that it's hard to it's hard to cross over into. It's hard to say that person is depressed objectively because mm-hmm. they're by themselves, because they're in a dark room alone, because they don't want to talk to anybody. Well, no, you don't know what they are thinking. So I think that's what this album is really, really getting into is just 
just asking these questions is just, you know, thought provoking. It's just, it's, it's very, here's how I feel. Maybe you mm-hmm. feel the same way. I don't know. It's ambiguous. I dig. I know. I know. That's very ambiguous. It's confusing. Confusing. There are even times on this. So there are some songs where I just write, I don't know what he's talking about. There was one song that even like I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. I think that was so, so, many, so much was, word vomit. That was Paper Thin Walls. Paper Thin Walls, I was just like, I don't fucking know. Let me see. I, what did that? What did I put for that one? That was my 13B. <laughs> uh, so no, I, I didn't. That I, I was definitely not a banger, but yeah, I didn't put. That wasn't one of the songs where I didn't know. What it, oh, Life Like Weeds was a song where I, I put, I can't figure out what the song was about. Oh, Life Like Weeds is so good. Yeah, I cannot. The cool fucking lyrics. Eyes need us to see and hearts need us to bleed. This is like, that's this so, is such, dude, this is so such a vulnerable, right there. this is such a vulnerable acknowledgement of the human condition. It's a yeah. deep dive into a problem that's worth having. We allow, we allow ourselves to get hurt because it's better than not feeling anything. I know this is probably going to fuck me, but 80% of this time, I'm going to feel really good. Much like that Mitch Hedberg joke. Like, hey, Mitch, do you want an apple? Nah, because eventually it'll be a core. Oof. No. You know what I mean? Like that Bringing is, Mitch that is, into this. Oh. That, is, that is life like weeds. I just thought of that right now. That is life that's, like that's weeds. Yeah. Like, that is, that is what he's talking about. Life like weeds is my 6B. It's such a fucking good song. Like, oof. <laughs> I mean, I we'll love get that, that line, next, dude. Right? Or do Eyes we, we need get us to, right to see, and hearts need us to bleed. <laughs> that is a good line. It is a really good <laughs> it's line. So good. It's it the is the cheesiest thing ever. It's so good. <laughs> Let's get into this song then. What do you got on okay. this one? Okay, I, dude, indie strums straight out the gate. Indie strums, love them. Really cool guitar riffs that just kind of like run and jam. It's fun stuff. When he's yelling on top of the loud strums, mm-hmm. and then the drum is doing some cool fills. That's gold. That's gold. And it's a long song, and there's a lot of jamming here. And he comes in at the end, and he's just kind of like, he's just kind of talking over the music. Mm-hmm. And that part is when it's just absolute gold. Because you so, know he's just, it's almost like he's just talking to you. So, so wait, taking it back a little bit, what it, you said indie strums? Indie strums. What are like indie, indie strums? strums. Indie strums that? are, uh, the, the intro to this song. Like that, that is an indie strum. Indie oh, strums. Okay. Okay. All right. They're, they're typical of a lot of indie bands. The strokes do it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. It's just, it, they're, they're indie strums. It's they're, just something I haven't heard thrown around. That, that I, I made it up this week. It's, uh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm seeing if it catches on. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this, this song for me, it, it jumps around a lot. There's a, there's a lot going on. There's some really cool, I put, I put cool indie lead guitar parts because they're not. That's indie strum, baby. I wouldn't call it indie. Str- oh, maybe I guess it is. I don't know, but th- there's a lot of that, and then they kind of throw in that funk thing. That that funk, the just like not randomly, but there's a lot of like funk playing, and then and then on top of that, it goes into a uh, into like just some weird guitar effects, and like they're constantly jumping around between these three things, and then you kind of have that underlying bass playing, and it's kind of it, it. The song really is all over the place, and. Maybe that adds to the confusion of the lyrics because, like I said, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So I, 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 I think life like weeds is 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 just that. I think it's just about I don't know, like 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 weeds. I don't know. Weeds are are a part of life. It's they fucking happen. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you cannot control them. 
and much along the line with with what I think the album's theme is 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 uncertainty meets complacency is you need to accept the inevitable and the unpredictability like you just you got to go with it it's going to happen you cannot control it you cannot predict it nothing else live go on all right let's play let's play a little bit of life like weeds cuz we haven't played a song for a while any drums <laughs> fucking idiot Here's uh here's life like weeds from Modest Mouth. go life like weeds from the modest mice <sighs> all right do we have anything else on this song what do you think oh there we go oh. just, i don't know when i i muted that i don't know why i did that i was just sitting here staring at my computer <laughs> staring at nothing i was probably i was probably indies jumping See that was Andy's the funk drums, part though. That that was really the funk part that I those was. Those are Andy's drums, kid. Those are those are uh, high pits. Those are clean. Those are those are it's more funk. Those, those more goofy funk. vocals. Those are Andy's drums. More funk. More funk. That's I mean, the way if you want to give him more credit, I'll give him more credit. Sure. I'll I mean, I don't want to, but I mean, yeah, absolutely. I guess those I have funk. to. Yeah, yeah, they're funk band now. Yeah. Fucking Parliament over here. Dude, that's funk. Yeah. No. That's um. Is that all we got on this one? Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. The, what what other songs do you want to get into? The the rest of this is is, is you. I mean, I, I'm curious what you like. Everything else seems to be seven B or higher. So I I will end with my five B because oh. it's the last song. What people are made of. That's my five B. It's a closer. Mm-hmm. I thought this might be like a like a B for you because it's short, it's fast, it's hard, it's frantic, and you like those those any, any song that kind of sort of similar sounds like a punk song. You always you always attach yourself to. I do normally, I do yeah, normally, so, and I, I feel like this is a good way to end the record because I feel like how they started the record was really bad because I don't think that's a particularly good song. Third Planet. I I I also think so. I people think that like the intro to this album being third planet, which I think is a good like thesis statement kind of because way too many notes on that one. But I, I don't think it's like, <laughs> it's my 10 B like it's, it's, 
it's great. It's fantastic. But good God, there's nine other songs that are way better than this. Yeah, I don't think it. People I think it's love kind of, that shit. I think it's kind of a boring song. It's fine, but it just to start a record out. It doesn't. It didn't excite me. It didn't give me any. It didn't give me a lot of hope for the rest of the record because I thought, dude, you're throwing this as the first song. Like, what have I got myself into after listening to the the second record, the fruit, the one before this? And yeah, I, w- I was a little worried. I honestly was a little worried. But then it gets much better, especially halfway through the record. It gets much better. But um, but then to end it on on this on what people are made of. I thought that was really cool. It was it was a good throwback to like their first record. Like let's go like like let's really kind of make it rough and tumble and just have a good time doing it. But I think the only reason why this isn't a banger because like by the time I get here, I'm kind of already I don't want to say burn out, but I'm just kind of I just kind of don't it's kind of I've kind of lost the excitement. Like how well, does you're, you're 54 you're 54 minutes into the record. Exactly. And that that's uh, that's that's kind of like a big issue I had with this band is like every record is at least 55 minutes long for the most part. Like everything's like, like half of them are over an hour long. It's like, dude, this is way too much. And then, and then reading more about this fucking band, every record has like a shit ton of B sides. So, or yeah, like every other record does. And yeah. Live track. Dude, this band is insane. So they have this so band much, is like, oh, this band is like the Grateful Dead. When they play some of this shit live, it's, it's like 20 minutes long. And some of these instrumentals will go on just for, for 14 minutes on a three minute song. Yeah, and they'll change things and they do little things different. And then I was reading too that, I, I mean, this is just this did not come from anybody in the band. It was just secondhand knowledge or thirdhand knowledge, I guess. But the way they wrote music in the early days was just jam, mm-hmm. and if a melody arises from that jam session, then let's extrapolate on that melody. But it was just like let's jam first and see where we go from there. But I, I like kind of idea. believe it because of these songs are very jammy. These songs do kind of just go to its own place instrumental-wise. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the, the beginning, you could take out all vocals in this, and it would still be a pretty cool album instrumentally. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I feel about the first three records. I feel like they, they could have been a really cool just instrumental band. That you, that you, like they'd be a really cool instrumental band that you would find on Bandcamp. Like I don't know how much, like how much you've searched on Bandcamp, but a lot of the instrumental stuff you find on there it sounds a lot like this. As, at least it did ten years ago when I was on Bandcamp a lot. Yeah, where do you think they got the inspiration from? I mean, it could have been from so many different bands, not just fucking Modest Mouse. No, that's that's. I don't want to give them on, too they, much credit. Like the 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 influence that this specific album had on music. Is is insane. I know it's big. I know. I understand it's, 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 it's big. It's but. truly big. It's it's insane. It's this is like one of those 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 albums that you don't even realize how big it is until you like Google search, hey, how big is the moon and Antarctica? And then you realize, <laughs> holy fuck, this album is massive. <laughs> right? Like, come on. Like, did you ever think this album would be as influential as, as no, no. big of a legacy as as when you Googled it? No, the first time because all I had known was "Float On" and a couple of the the shitty pop singles. But then it's, uh, it's crazy. That, that's like what what I was saying before. Like when I first heard, oh, oh, "Fuck, dude, shit, luck." I didn't know. I I had no idea that it was Modest Mouse. I never heard Modest Mouse do anything like that. I was fucking blown away. <laughs> that song is so. It's pretty much an instrumental song, but it was just so fucking cool. 
And it's, I mean, it's always hard to like judge a band based off their biggest singles because it's not, yeah, it's not entirely true. fair. But then it's also, I mean, the band did kind of allow it to happen because they pushed Float on so hard, and now they're, you know, they changed direction again. So like, there's yeah. everybody's kind of to blame. So no one's at fault. Everyone's to blame. No one's at fault. And then actually, like something I read that was that I thought was was cool. It was it was cool on their on their end. Was that was it a song off of this record? Or was it off of the one with Float On, where they actually sold the they sold the song to Nissan or something like that for a car commercial? I think that was this album. It they, was this one, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they was, did it just to make the money, and they were they were very transparent about it to fans. They were like, "Yeah, we don't want to work as a dishwasher for the rest of our lives. We want to make that was the a consistent quote. living." I love it. That was the quote that made people hate and love Isaac. Was he said that? Yes, we sold out. But like, who the fuck do you think we are? Like, I don't, we are musicians. We are here to make a living. I don't want to work for somebody else washing their dishes. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. I think that's great. It's like the black keys. The black keys are the same way. They're, they were oh, famous. They're not good, but no, but what I'm saying is the black keys from like the late nineties up until like 2010, they had, they had made like all of their money through commercials because they were selling all their, even though they weren't super popular, they were selling their songs to commercials and that's where they were making their money. And then they got their, their big, big hits in like in the, in the early 2010s, late 2000s. And, but prior to that, their shit was everywhere, but nobody really knew because they're car commercials. Nobody really pays attention to the car commercial songs. So, and, but I mean, I, I have, I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, if you're going to do that, then fucking be transparent about it. Be cool about it. Don't be a dick about it. Don't think oh, that. Especially if you're the Black Keys and you married fucking whoever the guy married Michelle Branch. So. Yeah, the drummer yeah. did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got something going for himself. <laughs> I know, dude, Michelle Branch, man. Come on. Uh, have you listened to her re-recording of Spirit Room? <laughs> no. No, I haven't either. I've been wanting to. But you like I, that I, record, I, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, a, I think I do. <laughs> I mean, it's been a it's while. It's been a long time. Yeah, no, it's been a long time, but... Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in how it how it sounds, and but then he plays drums on it and he produced it. So of course, yeah. God forbid you don't play the fucking drums on it. I know, like dude, like one of the worst drummers. Like we all we all talk shit on Meg White, but he's 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 Meg White brother. You know he's what I mean? like, like he's, he's Meg like, White number two. He's like Meg White, but thinks he's good, or people <laughs> think he's good, but when you actually look at his look at the music, like he's not fucking good at all. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like. He's like Lars Ulrich mentality mixed with Meg's White's capability. Yes, exactly. Like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's spot on. Boring. Spot on. But whatever. Anyway, what people are made of. Yeah, no, this is the last track. Um, I think this this is uh So like lyrically, what what got me with this one was the idea and 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 of of like right when you're born. And and I don't know where I read this, but somebody like posited this this argument of right when you're born, you you've essentially like unwillingly signed this contract that you accept that one day you will die. Mm-hmm. Without even like possible consent, you've already agreed in these terms that one day you will now die. And I think that the music matches that mindset. If one day you're thinking like who do I fucking sue? I didn't sign up for this shit. Somebody forced me to sign this contract that now I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's, it sounds so childish and dumb. Right? Like, yeah, of course, everybody fucking dies. But it's just, I don't know. When you really think about it, like, I didn't, 
You know what I mean? It's just it's yeah, just no, a weird. I get, it. I get it. It's a weird concept. Like you did sign this contract that you're gonna fucking die one day. You don't want to. Nobody asked you. Yeah. I mean, you were forced. And I, I like that. I like that, and I think this is a perfect closer because again. I think this entire concept of this album is uncertainty meets complacency. And this album ends with with this weird concept of, of now you're going to die no matter what because you were forced into it. But, eh, whatever. Let's move on. Now my, that's it. And we're done. <laughs> now, now my, my viewpoint on the lyrics, I feel like it's this kind of reinforces my, my idea that he's he's questioning or his curiosity of the afterlife uh, is is here in this song and, and various parts of this record. And to me, this is like him having a near death experience uh, where he, di- where he, he's in a coma, but while he's in a coma for, I mean, whatever you kind of want to believe he's kind of in purgatory in limbo and he's given the decision. Does he want to come out of the coma and live the rest of his life? Or does he want to just, let everything go and die and then take the the risk of it being terrible or really good. Like I, f- I feel like he's given this, this decision in a coma, whether or not to live or die. And that's what this, this song is to me. That's kind of what I've interpreted it, interpreted this song as. Mm. And then in, in the end, I think he chooses to die and that's the end of the record. So it's, it's, it's the chaos the, the chaos of the, because this song is so chaotic and reminiscent of their first record, the chaos of the song is is the whatever traumatic incident happens that goes into the coma, and then the coma is him his uncertainty uncertainty of choosing you know to stay alive, come out of the coma, stay alive, or just die, and then choosing death, and then when that when death happens, it ceases. Everything's done. There's nothing. I after. like. I like. That's my. That's what I get from this one. I dig, baby. So, I dig. I don't know who fucking knows at this point. I, 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 it's so good. It's so fucking good. I love this so much. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's amazing. It's truly it's truly amazing. And I, I love it. I, I and, and much like the sense, like I said earlier, where where you talk when you're drunk and about these about these crazy endeavors that you have. Like, yeah, let's start a bar, man. Oh, for sure. And you have these <laughs> these crazy thoughts, and but yeah. really, just, it means nothing. Yeah. That's that's what I like about this album is presents all of these topics, all of these existential questions that you have and the cover is you know, who's shaking hands, these two beings from heaven are coming down, all of these things, but realistically, who fuck cares? And I think ultimately that's that's what it comes down to is eh, I don't really care that much. Which is also a dig at like um, like society in general. Because we don't give a shit about anything. Or it just reinforces his his anxiety about death and the afterlife. Having it just be black, be nothing. Like he he he's he's given all these ideas of of an afterlife of of heaven and hell and you know bliss and nirvana, but then all of that all of that anxiety and comes to a head at the very end when he does choose death in the gamble that you know it is going to be that, but then it's not. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I I, I get it. I I understand it. I I I still just think that he's. I I I almost want to say he doesn't really care about anything, but then also at the same time he cares about everything. There's just there's this there's this weird this weird line that he likes to ask these questions, 
not because he wants the answers, but because he just wants, I don't know, more questions. I don't know. It's but isn't the, isn't that kind of like what depression and, and anxiety is? That's exactly what it no, is. No, because I think I think depression. I think putting like a blanket. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's definition a definition over both of them is 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 not right because again i don't i think just because you sit in a corner by yourself in the dark wanting to be alone does not mean that you're depressed but i, I just that's... just because you worry about the future does not mean that you have anxiety i think it's it's there i mean it's a spectrum right it's just there's so many different definitions of it i think I, from what i have gone through through this album over the years in this week i think above all else all he really wants to do is pose questions to make us the reader think about just life not not necessarily death or religion just just to think just to posit questions but then also remember that we cannot possibly have the answers to all these we're not going to get the answers to all these questions mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen and to be okay with it yeah okay yeah and I, I, I understand what you mean i do because i mean like you can go to church for so fucking long and, and you can you can ask all these questions. You can go to college and take creationism and, and and take philosophy, and you can ask all these questions. But like, as as long as you know that you're probably not going to have the answer to to one percent of the questions you ask, and as long as you're okay with that, then yeah, that's fine. I don't know. I had a good time. This is fun. This is this was an interesting week. Some very yeah, low moments. Fun. Some very low moments for sure. So, do we want to talk about any other song, or do you want to wrap it up? What do you think? No, I'm good. I am good. Let's uh let's let's close it out. Okay, we're 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 going like about an hour and forty minutes. We're this is this is quite a long one. So that's a long one. Um all right, so let's give our final thoughts and then we will rate the record uh with our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect record, two is a good record you're gonna continue to listen to, one is a bad record, but you should give it a shot, and zero is just the fucking worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got, Jeff? So uh, this this week was 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 very interesting. I I read things about this that I never thought I would feel. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of feeling with this. I I I'm not like crazy about his vocals. I do think he tries really hard to be unique, but I also think that he use he he utilizes his voice in a way that makes it that it's an instrument rather than like, like he's singing. Like he's, he's just adding another layer mm-hmm. and we didn't even talk about like the whole broken jaw thing and, and the fact oh, that yeah, he couldn't we sing yeah, right, yeah. for most of this album. And therefore that is why they dove really heavily into the layering of instrumentals is because he couldn't fucking sing for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he got, he got like jumped in a park. Yeah. A park in Chicago where, where they were recording it. He got jumped and yeah, they, they literally beat the shit out of him, broke his jaw wired shut for two to three months two or three months yeah, yeah and that was it so it's he he, he literally could not he, he could not sing and so that's why they dove really heavily into the instrumentals into the layering into the production side of things and and i think that also probably left him you know questioning things he may never have questioned before because you know what better to do when you're lying in a hospital bed as some doctors wiring your mouth shut than to wonder how the fuck did i get here you know yeah. what I mean? And is it worth it, like, you know? Like is it worth it? And so these are just these are just questions that we all go through in life and and good, bad, 
religious, atheist, whatever it is, these are just, these are things that we can ponder and it's okay to worry about it. And it's okay to, to accept the fact that you probably never going to know the answer to them. And again, like I will reinforce this over and over. I think this album theme, its concept is uncertainty meets complacency. It's okay to be worried. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to not know what's going to happen. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be right. But ultimately, you gotta just you, you like you gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. Much like the song about gravity, like gravity's all around us. We take it for granted. It's here. It shapes who we are. It shapes how we build things. It shapes humanity. It shapes the world. Nothing we can do about it. Work around it. Accept it. Move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But um, I don't. Know, given given all of that, I think the production's fucking top notch. Like they they. They utilized Epic Records. It was Epic, right? Yeah, they used yeah, it was Epic, Epic yeah, it was Records. Epic. They utilized their production team. They utilized their studio space. They they slayed at the production. I think it sounds fantastic. Went out on the vinyls. I think it sounds amazing. I, I think everything about this record is great. I think it's layered perfectly. I think every everybody brings the heat when they need to. The drummer, I think, is underrated because the drummer is really, really good at this time. Mm-hmm. He can do really, really great things, but this is more of an Isaac and guitar album than it is a band album, and so I think that's why the drummer and the bass player does bring the heat in about half the songs, but the other half he's just there for support. True, 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 true. So, given all that, um, I, I, this, this is this is one to be had. This is one that you need to listen to. This is a must listen to before you die. This is. This this was on God's top fifty albums of that you must listen to before you die. You know what I mean? So, so I don't know. Whatever. This is perfect. This is a perfect three. This is such a beautiful album. It's amazing. Oh God! It does everything. It does. It literally does everything for me. It it it, it makes me think. It makes me feel. I mm-hmm. I get angry. I get sad. I get happy. I want to listen again. Every time I listen to it, I pick up something new. This week is is one week that I've. I've really dove into like the religious aspect and there's a song on here that I thought like he was having a conversation with God himself or herself. And mm-hmm. it was just, there was a lot of cool things going on here that I've, I've never, I've never picked up on before. Never been a lyric man before, but I've never been picked up on before. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. I love this album. <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's good. I can't believe you gave it a three out of three. Oh, dude, in, this is magnificent. You're this wild. Is, this is the pinnacle of indie rock. The pinnacle. Nothing. There is no indie rock album that is better than this. That is fact. Clarity. Boom roasted. You drive drive a hard bargain. You drive a hard (laughs) bargain with that one. Tell you what. Come on, dude. Tell you what. Come on, Clarity. But nineties indie. You can't. That's getting more into like emo pop, though. That's that's what this is too. It's emo pop as well. No, there's no emo pop in this. Dude, get out of here, dude. You're crazy. Don't even. You can't even argue. Like and. I like when I brought that up. There was silence. Normally, you come back like immediately, like you start because screaming at me. A like a, clarity was a good one. Clarity but, was a good one because it's the best. But clarity is is clarity's come on. Clarity's more of an of, of an emo pop album. Clarity's not nearly as layered as this, and it doesn't want to be. It's 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 more stripped down, and it's and it's like punk rock origins, but also adopting emo kind of mindset of the time, not like emo as we know it in the, the hardcore realm, but mm-hmm. emo no, pop and then like the taking back Sunday realm. But this is not doing any of that. This is, this is 
taking any rock and doing indie strums. All it's doing is adding a little bit more layering to it. Dude, you're talking a little more layering. This is incredibly layered. Also, Jim most, Adkins. Is, also, the 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 back and forth between Jim and uh, Tom. What's the guitarist name? I can't even think right now. Oh, Tom Linden. Tom Linden. Yeah, the 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 way that they kind of play off of each other vocally, and you know, guitar wise too, is perfection on that record. No, that's that's a lot softer. That that's definitely. It doesn't like matter if it's softer or yeah. not. No, because I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that in the same realm. No, I wouldn't say crazy. like indie rock album and say Clarity's there. No, Clarity is Clarity not is the, the best indie rock. No, because Static Prevails is more is more like post hardcore than anything, and then it's you're getting to Bleed American, which is like pop punk. So I don't think they ever transitioned from post hardcore to pop punk through indie rock. I think it was emo. It was. But I still think I still think this record, this Modest Mouse record, is is still emo, like you know old emo, not like we were talking about, not like emo of the two thousands, but nineties emo and indie. I feel like both the both this record and Clarity both sit in that same field, and I honestly think Clarity is a better record, through and through. I mean, I I I would I mean if we're just one versus one, I will say Clarity is a better record. Yes. But I don't think they're they're playing the same game. I think they are. Don't. Yeah, I think you're you're just so blinded by Modest Mouse, and I just said Clarity's a better record. Like, I know, but I, 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 but I think Modest I think you're Mouse. just blinded by that by thinking that they're they were doing something that revolutionary, which was I mean they were doing something cool, but it wasn't. I don't think it was that revolutionary. I mean, I feel like most most no, most it's not bands. Revolutionary. This is nineteen ninety nine. People have been layering music since the sixties. But it's not the just 50s, la- no. But 40s. I'm not just saying layering. Layering, but what like when you look at like artists from like the two thousands, early twenty tens, more bands are going to cite Clarity as an influence than this Modest Mouse record. I mean, I understand this Modest Mouse record is very influential. I, not knocking that at all, but comparing those two, I mean. Just in that sense, clarity is way more influential. Not just, only that, I'm but not, it's just a better I'm not record. putting clarity in any way, shape, or form in indie rock. It's emo, and it's it's if anything, it's it's pop punk. But it's emo. <laughs> clarity is it's not emo pop punk. for sure. No, clarity is not pop punk. Blister, not do Blister is a pop punk song. <sighs> but then, okay, so so, they, so so you have one song that stands out from the other, much like you have one song on this record that stands out from the other. That being the it's wild not just one song, Lucky Denver Mint. That's a that's a pop punk song. Dude, get out of here. A man. Sunday. On okay, a Sunday. but we're also we're also talking overall too. Come we're on, talking guy. overall. No, overall. I am now 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 more out of your out of your now uh, you're mad. out of your ring, because no clarity is is a is an emo pop album slash pop punk album. In no way is clarity an indie rock album. Definitive. I, I I really don't agree with you on that. And again, the coming from Static Prevails, which is a very emo slash post hardcore album, going into Bleed American, which is damn near straight up pop punk. That you're saying the transition is indie? No. We're also we're no. also really you know, <laughs> this whole argument is just very um. What, what am I trying to say? It's it's ridiculous in that we're just trying to find the smallest things. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we're just 
flexing our prowess at this point. Yeah, like throwing out all these, you know, different genres and terms. Well, Mark like, Trombino was the one who first. <laughs> but this, but this psychedelic, the psychedelic indie, uh, Jimmy World didn't do that. They they did a little bit on Modest, but you know, just throwing out all these stupid genre terms. It's so dumb. I know we didn't say psychedelic, but you know, it's just. This is what you do when like somebody brings up something that you know like a lot about, and then you attack them for yeah. it. They have no idea what they're in for. <laughs> yeah. like, I just said I liked Outcast. This is this is like the, the <laughs> this is like the epitome of gatekeeping. That's what this is. Yes, exactly. The epitome of gatekeeping. Yes. but amongst yep. just you and I. Yeah, which is even worse because neither yeah. of us really want to back down. So no. we just keep getting no, well, more and more obnoxious. Because not um, indie rock, it's fine. Well, it's closer to thoughts? indie rock than pop punk, but. Uh, my final thoughts, I was very surprised by this record. Like I said, I Modest Mouse, I never liked. I hate the pop stuff. I hate. I really do not like the stuff after this record. I think it's, for the most part, it's trash. And this, this, this song was very surprising. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's their best record, but I was very blown away by their second record. And there's a lot of good stuff here. And after, you know, talking about this on the pod and kind of hearing the different viewpoints on the lyrics, it made me have a, a better appreciation of the record because I kind of thought it was just a lot of the shit was word vomit, but I thought it was very interesting what your viewpoints on the lyrics actually were. So, uh, mix that with, you know, like, like, like we said, the layering of, of the music because, you know, different because of, you know, breaking his jaw and, and this and that, you know, it added, it added a different tone to the entire thing. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff here. Some bad stuff, but some really cool stuff. Wait, there's you think there's bad stuff here? Do you think there's okay I told stuff? you the, the wild pack of dogs, man. That that song is trash. He's bad. I think okay. I think that's All a stinker. Right. I mean, it's a straight stinker. I, I wow. Because I, I didn't say it was stinker earlier. You said it was almost a stinker. No, I didn't. Oh, no, I said it was a stinker. He said it was a stinker. I'm Tyler. I'm an asshole. And like I said, I don't I think I don't like his vocals at all. I really don't. I they're really obnoxious. Once he gets into the more poppy stuff, Did which he started to, to do. Listen to fucking Mister Motherfucker and nineteen forty six six six, and you come on over here telling me you don't like his vocals. Yeah, I literally hate all that you are. That's like fine. Everything that you you That's fine. pretend to be is just. That's yeah, fine. I, I cannot. But also, also in my defense, you and I oh. fucking love Tom DeLonge. So who the fuck are we to say one is better than the other? In the end, no, he's a good singer. So. <laughs> I mean, Tom's obviously a shit singer, but we both fucking love him. So we're on we're on even playing field right now. So Tom's a better you know. singer live than he is on album. I, what I, I do I, I do enjoy Tom singing more live than I do. No, on album. it's the complete opposite. Yeah. No, nah. get the fuck out of here. Anyway, it's honest. Keep him honest. Keep me honest. No, stupid. So uh, my so yeah, that's kind of my final thoughts. We talked about it this a lot. Oh, I, I did want to say real quick, the album cover. I hate it. I fucking hate it. I wanted to say it earlier, but I, I kept forgetting. But I hate the album cover so much. Do you hate it just because like half of the album is just barren? It just looks terrible. Just nothing. I, I don't like the layout of it, like the half picture, half nothing. Yeah. And then also the picture itself, just the handshake thing, it looks so stupid. It looks so Christian rock, like to the worst. It's I hate it. Which, I fucking hate it. Which is so great because oh. it's you know it's like the, the antithesis of Christian rock. And you know these, you know, you know they probably love that album cover too. Yeah. And they chose it. It's terrible, but um, but yeah. Uh, with that, I'm gonna give this album a two out of three. 
I oh, will. Damn. I will go back to it. I would get it on vinyl if it was like fifteen bucks. Ooh, would you have kept this had I not bought it from you? I wouldn't have kept it because I know you would have really wanted it. So I would have. I would have given it to you. So otherwise, yeah. I mean, if you didn't want it, I would have kept it. But yeah. Anyway, two out of three for me. Uh, let's see here. I don't know. Do, do we have anything else to say or? We, that's we it, that's all, kid. Good. Okay. All yeah, right. So thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it now. Go give us five stars on there. Give us a, a, a glowing review, please. And uh, go to you know all social media at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. You know, Hit that up, whatever. Thank you all for listening. It's been a long one. Thanks for sticking around. And that's it. That's all. Hopefully the song is good because you already pre-ordered the album. I did. I pre-ordered. 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 How you pre-ordered? I not do it. He did not do his homework. He's being negligent once again. So you're, you're word of the day is negligent. That's like the second time you've said that. I don't. I don't like that you're, you're doing that. Where, put your thethors thethors. I've thethors. <laughs> put your thethors away. I. And if nothing else. Even the moon in 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 Iron, even even <laughs> even in the moon in in Antarctica, I've only listened oh, really? to Lonesome sure. Crowd of West, Moon in Antarctica, Moon in Antarctica. Every time we every time we say it, it's some drunk, huh? Like, I moon know, in Antarctica. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's just been it's been such a great ride. It's been such a great week. What were you gonna say? A great ride? Great Rick. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say great rick that's what i was gonna say <laughs> dude this moon in an thing has just got me all you can't even say it <laughs> got my brain all pooed up